less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. Martin, we got a special guest today. I know that. Yeah, uh, this is uh, we're in we're in really good company today with Mike McCallux. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You. It's it's a pleasure. We we really appreciate your time. Um, excited to have you on the Cash Flow Contractor. We're all about um, you know helping contractors find less stress, more time, and more money. And uh, all three of those are very intertwined. But you are very familiar with stress. No time, no no money. Uh, I've read your book, Profit First. That's yeah. what we're here to talk about today. And uh, you you hear a lot of different things from different business owners about how they are just out of time, out of money, and they don't know what to do. Um, you know, what, what? How did you get into this in the first place? Yeah, yeah, and interestingly, particularly contractors. Um, yeah. So how I got into this? Well, I, I've been an entrepreneur my entire adult life. Never intended to. Just happenstance, I fell into it. I had some early successes, but I also uh, had my early success built my ego to think I was Midas. You know, anything I touch turns to gold. And then uh, I think there was divine intervention. I had a great collapse. I lost everything through a business venture that was just not for me. I, I became an angel investor and I sucked at it. And I um, went through depression and, and all the struggle, but realized that I needed to get to the essence of what would work for me. I started investigating all different elements of entrepreneurship, like profitability, time management, and, and all the things I thought were true, and then redefining it and saying what really is true. And uh, that's how I became an author. I, and I own businesses today, so the books I write are not just to author books. It's stuff I, I, I'm trying to learn for myself. Like, how do you become permanently profitable? How do you manage time and not do all the work? And so every book I've written is for my own business, uh, and hopefully my, my goal is to serve as many other entrepreneurs as I can. It's funny that you mentioned that. I had a group presentation yesterday and a manager came and not the boss. And he said, well, you, you can't work with my business because you don't understand. We're different. We're, <laughs> yeah, you're not different. different. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I call it like this, the, the skin of business. Like, you know, um, we humanity can judge each other so quickly at the surface level someone's height or, or sex or, or skin color and all these different elements. But when you peel back the skin of humanity, we're the same. Like I've never heard a surgeon, like if I had a heart attack, the surgeon wouldn't say to me, oh, hey, uh, before I start the operation, where's your heart? Like, is it in your foot? <laughs> it's always the same. Right. When we peel back the skin of an organization, the biological makeup is consistently the same. We, we are, I would say, 99% right. the same. We all have sales needs and prospect conversion needs and profitability needs and efficiency needs and so forth. We, we have to be willing to look beyond the skin. Well, that kind of uh, leads into it. I know we have a fairly short time today, so I have just two questions for you, and I bet I don't have to, we don't have to talk again. What is, <laughs> what is Profit First, and more interestingly, yeah. why does it work? Ooh, those there are really poignant. That's your first questions. four, uh, you know, your elements of Parkinson and so yeah. on. Yeah. So there, there so, you go. Yeah. So what is profit first? I saw a statistic um, that I related to very strongly. And it came out from uh, U.S. Bank. They ran a study of small businesses. In the U.S., there's uh, 200 million small businesses now. And, and just to qualify this, a small business, according to the SBA, 
is a company that does $25 million in annual revenue or less, which is my business and maybe your business. I suspect almost everyone listening in. The US bank study found that 83% of us are in check to check survival. Meaning if you don't get out to that client or that customer tomorrow and, and do your work, you don't have enough money to, to pay your bills. Uh, you don't have enough money to pay your, your colleagues. And, and you absolutely don't have enough money to pay yourself. So many entrepreneurs and business owners never pay themselves. It's this constant stress. And I'm like, this is the weirdest thing because we've started our businesses in a big way to be profitable, to be financially free, to be comfortable. Like that's why we start our business and, and to do what we enjoy. So how come, if, if those are the two primary reasons, financial freedom, personal freedom, start a business, how come we rarely achieve either? And uh, that's when, at least with finances, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just looking at the foundational formula, sales minus expenses equals profit. And I was like, what's wrong? Why were you not getting profit? And then it hit me, it's like, oh my gosh, profit comes last, it's the bottom line, it's the year end. All those terms from a behavioral aspect means insignificant. You would never say, I love my family so much, that's why I put them last. <laughs> last means don't care. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take care of this customer at the end of the year. That means they're not important. Year end, last, bottom line, all means that. So most entrepreneurs wait until the end of the year, as we're recording this right around this time frame, we look at that income mm -hmm. statement and say, gosh, no profit, maybe next year. Profit is an annual consideration and it never happens. I wrote profit first to flip the formula. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. What happens in execution, every time you have sales, you take that predetermined percentage of that money as profit, 5% or 10, whatever. The profit you want to achieve, you hide the money from yourself and you run your business off the remainder. It is simply the pay yourself first system applied to business. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah, it is. Beautiful. And you, you give four reasons that I think are pretty compelling uh, for why it applies to human nature. It's possible to work it the other way around. Uh, yeah. Minus expenses equals profit if you're paying attention yeah. to your expenses. But you give four reasons. Uh, you have a toothpaste um, example in your book that I think is great and kind of, could you expand maybe on yeah. those four reasons? That yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's four, four kind of major elements and I'll, I'll throw a little toothpaste story in for you. So um, the first element is, is human nature when things are pre-allocated to its intended use, we work within the confines. There was a great study uh, in a book called uh, Drop Dead Healthy by a guy named, named A.J. Jacobs. It's a funny book, but it's an interesting book about diets. What they found is if you buy, say, a box of cereal, you'll consume the cereal at a pretty high rate, whatever your normal rate is. But if you buy that box of cereal and then put it in small baggies, so instead of having one box, you now have like 15 baggies of portioned cereals, you'll actually consume it slower because the portions have been defined in advance. The, mm. Pre-portioning is key to control. Well, with our money, money flows in our business, that one bank account, it's the full cereal box. It's like, oh, I got all this money. When it comes in and when it's gone, there's panic. So what we do is we carve that money up into different accounts with its intended use. One is to give profit to the business owner. One is to pay taxes and, and so forth. So that's step one. Um, step two is the sequence of how we do things is very important. Um, this also came from the dietary industry. Most, I like meat and potatoes. Uh, and when I serve it, it'll be like, you know, a, a nice steak, uh, potatoes, and there's that like vegetable medley mush stuff. I won't eat the vegetables, even though I know it's very important for our diets, fiber, nutrients, vitamins, but I'll go right to, for the steak. Um, so what I teach, what they teach in diets is if you want people to eat more vegetables, only serve the vegetables first, 
and serve nothing else. Make the vegetables the appetizer. We'll eat some of that because we're hungry. And then when the meat and potatoes are served, we'll actually eat less because we already took up some stomach space. So it brings balance. Well, in our finances, the sequence of how we do things are very important. Most people go right for the meat, which is paying the bills. Got a stack of bills, let me pay the bills. And they forget themselves, yeah. which is the health of the business. That's the vitamins and nutrients. So in profit first, the sequence is always to take profit first, hence the title. Also pay the owner's salary, which is different than profit. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're a contractor and you started a business, the world has a, a thanks for you because you are supporting our economy. And how you're going to get recognition for that is the share of profit. If you work in the business, which many contractors do, what would you have to pay to replace yourself? Probably a boatload of money. That's your salary. So those are two separate things. A thank you and a uh, payment for the work you do. Um, the third system or third step is to get into a rhythm. Most business owners are very um, kind of, uh, as things come, they're, they're kind of reactive. So if a lot of money comes in today, business is amazing. All the money gone, is gone tomorrow, business sucks. So we need to get into some kind of control, uh, some way to throttle it. And so in Profit First, I teach the process of getting into a rhythm to not do this sporadically, but to get into a weekly or bi-weekly you know, rhythm. That is so important. I have a contract. I wrote a book that's about conventional bookkeeping and how to use it. But one of the things that I say is if you, if you just look at your bank account, and you don't allocate among accounts, but you just look at your bank account, you wake up one morning and there's a lot of money in there. Well, maybe you got a retainer from two years ago, got paid. Right. You've got deposits. You know, uh, you haven't, paid your credit cards, you haven't paid any of your debt, you just look, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. Hey, you know, I've always wanted a premium right. silver platinum F-150 truck that costs $90,000, and by golly, I've been good to myself. You know, I'm just going to get it. And then the reality hammers you because that wasn't your money. That wasn't your money, exactly, and we don't know that. Right. Uh, and and in, in private first, actually, so what I'm sharing is the most – Fundamental stuff as you, as oh, you yeah. read the book. Uh, there's advanced techniques, and one is to manage retainers. What we do is, to your point, it's not earned income. So when right. someone gives us that big deposit, like ten or twenty grand, it's like wow. But you still have to do the work to earn that. So we put into a retainer account, and then as we do right. the work, we move the money from the retainers to what's called earned income or income. Start allocating money out. Yeah, the big distinction being that it's not just in a pot, which you talk about abundance. You know. It's not just in right. this pot and you look at it, it's been allocated even though you still have it. It's not yours and you know that. The essential lesson of Prop First is don't try to change your behavior, but instead channel your behavior. And what I mean by this is it's the natural tendency of business owners to log into your bank account and see how much money is there. We don't, as a general rule, log into our accounting system and figure out all the numbers. We don't have time for that or desire. So we set the system up at your bank. These different accounts I'm referring to also at your bank, money gets allocated out and then you know what's available to spend. So we get to channel that existing behavior of logging into the bank account, but now we can see very clearly, oh, that retainer is a retainer, it's untouchable right now. Yeah, beautiful. The, um, yeah. You mentioned the accounts. Um, briefly, would you touch on how that works where you, there's an income account and then you allocate we don't have to be real specific, but to an operating account, to a compensation. Sure. So just real quick, the foundational five accounts at your bank, one's income is a deposit-only account. Money flows in, it goes there. Profit account is a reward for the shareholder for starting a business. So when money comes in income, we'll take a percentage and carve it up into profit. 
Uh, there's also owner's pay. That's a salary. I talked about it earlier. What is the appropriate salary to pay yourself for you to replace yourself? That's what you should be getting. We allocate that. Another one's for tax. And what's interesting is the biggest bill associated with the operation of a profitable business that business owners are least prepared for is the tax bill. Tax time comes around. It's like, I owe how much to who? So we're going to allocate that. Your business can pay your taxes. And uh, you may want to work with an accountant. Depends on your formation, sure. but you can. And then there's an account for OPEX, which is the operations of a business. Collectively, those are the, what we call the foundational five. And in summary, it's the envelope system. You will get very, you'll clearly understand what money is intended for what use before you spend it. That's the key. Right. No yeah. ambush. And you can have more accounts than just those foundational five. Why would you have more accounts? Yeah, there, there's a rule. One of my colleagues here at the office says, uh, when in doubt, add an account. <laughs> and uh, I, it's kind of cool because she's right. We have to understand the, the use of money and, and we have to have clarity around it. So the retainer account we were just talking about is a perfect example. That could be a sixth account. It says retainers and money flows in there. Um, sometimes we have what's called seasonality, right? So some contractors, you're crushing it in the, in the spring, summer, fall, but winter is a dead period. Well, yeah. when we make money during that, those three quarters, we're like, wow, we're crushing it. And then the winter feels so bad. Well, really what's happening is those three quarters have to cover the entire year. So mm -hmm. when money comes in, we put it into what we call a drip account. So if I earned $100,000 during those three quarters, I'll put $100,000 in the drip account. But every month, I'll take out one twelfth of it to my income account and recognize it as income at that point. So then when I'm in the winter, I still see income coming in because the work I did in the summer was intended to also cover me for the winter. Right. So that's another technique. So there's many that's you can great. do. I think yeah. some implementations have up to 15 accounts, but that's the extreme. <laughs> Yeah, we use a, uh, a bonus account for uh, bonuses and for maybe we're going to do like a trip with our team or whatever it is. And we just put money into that every month. And then that's what our budget is for those kinds of things. So I love it. that's another example. I have, uh, I'm just me uh, as I don't have employees. I have contractors, but employees. And, I, yeah, yeah, sure. and I've had for 10 or 11 years, just three accounts. I have a tax account, operating account, and what, what you'd call profit account. And the profit okay. account can never go down unless I'm buying an asset for myself. I'm meaning so I might go, be yeah. buying an annuity, I might be buying a condo or but yeah, yeah, an yeah, asset. Yeah, yeah. But it always has to go up. It and it never has. I've never had to make it go down. I there's probably too much cash sitting around, but that's beside the point. One thing, because of our limited time. We've talked about all these accounts, and one of the things I have when I'm working with clients to implement is they overthink, and I think you talk about that. They overcomplicate, and they want to be exact, and and yeah. I say, well, look, while you're reading the book, do this. Open, a, open an account and call it tax account, and open an account and call it profit account, and put $1 in there if that's all you've got, uh, or 1%. Yeah. I think that's what you recommend to start, but yeah, there's a way to ease slow. into this, but you you have to do it. Uh, if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Start slow and let grow. Yeah. There was a uh, analogy. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. They said, when, when's the best time to plant a tree? The answer is 40 years ago, right? right? The, the second best time is today. Right. And um, with, with our finances, we got to start immediately. It's more about getting started than getting it right. And sadly, most entrepreneurs, business owners say, well, I'm, I'm going to be ready in the future at some point. And then time goes on. And that tree never got planted. Right. So, in the book, I teach a really simple method where you can get started literally today. And actually, don't even have to listen or read the book. You can just hear what I'm saying now. Two steps. 
go to your existing bank where you do your banking and get one account set up, make a savings account, and call it profit. Step two is allocate 1% of your income there. Because 1% is so inconsequential, you won't feel any negative impact in your business. But what's highly consequential is you're gonna start having that cash accumulating, just like, like you experienced. And there's a little more, and then the belief kicks in, it's like, oh my gosh, I actually have cash profit here. Maybe I can make it 2% or three, and you start leaning into the system. Right, I have, I'm gonna see a client this afternoon that only about nine months ago, at my insistence, because they're distracted by so many things, it's set up a 1% savings account. So we were checking into it the other day, they have $95,000 in there. 95 grand? Yeah, and they took, they actually took bonuses in January out of it. And they, so he said, thank yeah. you. And I forgot to even ask him about, I mean, we, we go over financials all the time. I'm, I'm big on yeah. financials and how to use them. But I forgot to even ask about it. Of course, it's on the yeah. balance sheet, but oh yeah, 90,000. Yeah, bad. it's on the balance sheet, but it's, that's part of the idea is, is on the day-to-day -day operations, it almost becomes a no-brainer. You don't have to think right. about it. You just put the money in there. And it's unbelievable how we subconsciously adjust our operations of our business. There's this thing called Parkinson's Law, and Parkinson studied human behavior and saw that as a resource expands its availability, the more money I have, or the more toothpaste, as the toothpaste example, the more we spend. So the example of toothpaste I referred to earlier, so if I have a brand new tube of toothpaste, I will use it lavishly, tons of it. You know, but when I have nothing, we all can stretch that empty tube of toothpaste forever. Right. It's called forced frugality. So when we actually start peeling away some of that money uh, and hide it away from ourselves, that 1%, we simply start adjusting. We become more frugal. We become more innovative. We stretch the value of the assets we currently have. And what, so one of the things that happens with my clients is they do get on board, and so they take, I mean, relative to the size of your business, oh, I'm going to start that, and I'm going to put 50000 in there. I said, no, don't put 50000 in there because you're going to take 35000 out to make payroll on Friday, and you've just blown your whole discipline, rhythm, everything. Just 1%. You know, when, when I, go, I go to the gym, I, my favorite time to go to the gym is uh, first week of January because these guys will come in there like, oh, man, I haven't been work, working out since high school. I'm going to throw 300 pounds on here. And th these guys rip their shoulders out. Right. It's like, are you kidding? And they'll never come again. And that's the shame. Right. They, they want to have a transformation for their health. They go too hard, too fast, and then they think it doesn't work. The, the key is just start. Let's just learn how to stretch properly before we go for three hundred pounds. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, you are also author of many small business books, and um, I wanted to maybe get a recap on some of those that uh, some of our audience might be interested in. Uh, what's your most recent one that you've written? Most recent is called uh, "Fix This Next," and I have a new one. Actually, it's funny. I'm just working on it during my breaks here. It's my newest manuscript called Get Different. Yeah, there, uh, Fix This that Next it, it is on. I saw a yellow cover. Yeah, I, I thought that was right there. It was a different one. Yeah. But uh, Fix This Next is about finding the one thing your business needs resolved next. Mm, excellent. And then what about Get Different? What are you working on right get, now? Get Different. I, I, st I studied uh, marketing for the last 10 or 15 years and have been surveying actively. And I found that the number one lead source for almost all business, small business, is word of mouth client referral. That is a dangerous trap. It's wonderful because it means your reputation precedes you, but it also means you're dependent upon clients to do marketing for you. If they decide not to, you're screwed. So how do we control that throttle? And what I discovered is the most effective marketing course is noticeable marketing. We have to do different than the industry norm. And so this is a very simple structure of how to very quickly stand out, not to be outrageous or weird, to be different than your contemporaries and you'll win all the business. Mm, I love it. 
I love it. Well, um, there's so much people can learn from your books and I, I recommend, we'll put links to all of them in the show notes, oh, but we've talked about profit first today and you know, I use it. Martin uses it. A lot of Martin's clients do. I think it's oh. excellent and it really changes. You know, you, you think that whenever you have one account, the more accounts you think, oh, that's more stress. But the reality is the one or two accounts that you might have business checking, business savings is the most stressful thing you can have in your life. So let um, me uh, make one final comment here, too, because a lot of our uh, I'm very big on using financial statements to make business decisions about the future. Sure. And I don't I don't want to be inconsistent. Uh, Using profit first does not absolve you from keeping and using proper books. Uh, Amen. And books Amen. you say in your book, the most, because I was wrestling with it a little bit, you know, you say, well, it's a little voodoo in the books and, and there's, it's true, but good books can be used to make decisions. I don't, I don't care about the past. I mean, I do, but what am I going to do in the future? That's the, and, and so just to be consistent with our listeners, because I'm pounding them with it all the time, certain numbers they need to know to make decisions. Uh, but you yeah. also may have to manage your cash because cash and profitability are related, but they're two different subjects. I mean, you can be as profitable. Uh, well, I, I don't know a good metaphor, but you can be hugely profitable and go broke because you don't have any cash because you didn't manage your property. Yeah. Enron. Enron's. Yeah. Right. That's what well, they, did. they, they had they, a lot of other stuff profit. going on. too. Yeah. Yeah. They had a little, yeah. So um, you're absolutely right. Profit first sometimes is confused with an accounting system. It's not. It's a cash management tool to ensure positive cash flow. Your accounting system, that's the tea leaves. And if you interpret that, that can be the, the best asset you have. Just know, need to know how to read the tea leaves. So I encourage people, Brilliant. hire a professional that, that can translate that stuff for you so you can make prudent decisions. Brilliant. Awesome. And, and just, well, Mike, uh, oh, well go Khalil, ahead. you might just mention that we're going to try to bring on a uh, profit first a professional yep. accountant. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, we're going to bring on a profit first professional accountant, which you have uh, listed on your website. We'll also put on the show notes that if you want to hire someone to implement profit first for you and help you along the way, uh, they can do that. So we'll bring someone else on, one of uh, your trained people to to give us more details on that. So want to honor your time. Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, we, we really appreciate it. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you very much for all you do. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.